Leadership is taking people on a journey where there is a vision, guidance and purpose. Good leaders lead with the heart as well as the head. Leadership means doing the right thing for the right reason, no matter how difficult it might be. You're listening to Leadership Unwrapped, a podcast where you will hear from people who are living leadership every day. Our guest today is Donal O'Reilly, a Cork man exiled in Kerry. He could be in worse places. He's a post-primary school principal with a demonstrated history of working in educational leadership. Now seconded to the Centre for School Leadership, where he's Deputy Director for Post-Primary, Donal is skilled in mentoring, coaching, restorative approaches, educational technology, instructional leadership and professional development. A graduate from the University of Limerick and a whiz with the educational technology, he puts us to shame with all of that, he gets pretty animated about technology's appropriate use in teaching, in leadership and in learning. Donal, your LinkedIn profile reads as that you're always looking for a challenge and always building networks. And those who know you know this to be true. You've also been and still are involved in many European educational projects and programmes. And you sometimes have acted as a guest EU Skullnet lead trainer. So you're really welcome to Leadership on Wrap today. And just to begin, we thought we might start off by asking you why leadership and why choose to be a school leader? It's not the easiest job. So what would have brought you to deciding to do that? Thank you, uh, Patricia, for the introduction, and thank you for having me, um, first off. I hardly recognise that description, so one would want to be very careful <laughs> what they put out on, on, on social media. I don't think I made a conscious decision to go into school leadership. I graduated from UL uh, 25 years ago as a metalwork teacher. Oh. And I suppose as I, I, I would openly have said that I certainly went through the first uh, six or seven years freewheeling. And really, I was six years or seven years into teaching before I realized I want to be a teacher. Uh, and that's a funny statement, and, uh, you know, and I don't I don't mind admitting it. But I suppose uh, immaturity levels at the, at the time and, and, and uh, even though I had chosen through CEO to go into a dedicated education program and certainly benefited from the four year degree in, in UL. But I suppose after that four, five or six years, I began to take education seriously and my role in education seriously and my role as a teacher in education seriously and the impact, I saw the impact I was having in the classroom and I took that seriously. Uh, and that spurred me to, to come back to my alma mater at UL and uh, to do a, a master's in ICT uh, in education. I often thought afterwards, should I have done it in, in school leadership or, or management? Mm. But uh, I have no regrets. I have no regrets. I, I'm glad I did what I did at the time because that was, that was topical and that was my passion. And I, I always believe you have to follow your passion. So I enjoyed it. But it got me into action research and it, it planted oh, a sieve for, for self-reflection. And it planted a seed for having a critical friend and all of the, the components now that we speak about that are actually key to good teaching, good learning, and of course, good, good uh, educational leadership as well. I suppose having done, having done my master's and having done, uh, having done a lot of self-reflection and seeing all of that happening uh, and having, uh, I, I chose, funny, I, I chose the, the, my critical friend at the time to be my principal, which in hindsight was very brave. Mm. Um, a young teacher down the metalwork room, <laughs> carrying out a bit of research and who does he go to but the principal, you know, and, and uh, I suppose I was always left a field and I didn't run with the pack, uh, but I felt I respected him for what he is. I respected uh, his opinion um, 
and I trusted that he would deliver the feedback in, in a professional manner, but he would be the critical friend. And I suppose daring, that, that, that's the start of the answer to your question, you know. You, we, 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 we look up to those people who are role models and he did a lot of things right and he did a lot of things wrong, but he tried his best every single day uh, and his passion was for the students. And I suppose that's why I got into, yeah. to, that, that, that's what spurred me on to get into school leadership then. Yeah. And that's huge, I think, that passion carries you through a lot when you can see that the agenda is, a, is for good and for the students, I think it brings the staff with them. So when you became a school leader then, what were the types of challenges, do you think, that, that face school leaders? I mean, they've changed since COVID, but, but in your time pre-COVID, what do you think are the things that a school leader needs to be thinking about? For me, when I joined, when I, when I uh, became deputy principal in uh, Killarney Community College, you know, I don't think leadership was even, it certainly wasn't in my vocabulary. I was, I was mm -hmm. signing up to be a deputy principal. Deputy principals had just moved on from being vice principals, you know. Oh yeah. And they had they had their place in society and they had their place and their role in the school. So I suppose I I uh, I grew into the role of leadership, and as I often do, I put the cart before the horse. I didn't, I I I I did the nuts and bolts, and then I discovered afterwards that I was doing some things that came under the heading of leadership. The challenges, you know, the the, the challenges at the time. Some have changed and some haven't changed. The challenges of what type of a school you go into. Uh, I was an external appointment into a school where there was internal candidates. Oh, okay, so, interesting. So, very interesting. That's a, that's yeah. a, that's an interesting start. Um, and within those, some some of those candidates congratulated me uh, and genuinely meant it, and some congratulated me but were still uh, hurting. Mm. And I suppose I felt I felt I had to prove it to myself, but I also felt I had to prove it to, to the others that I was the best person for the job. So that, that, that's a challenge for, for, for any school leader go, going in. And it's a challenge coming from the inside as well. It, it doesn't make it any easier because when you're coming from the inside, it, the school, you know, you're a teacher in the classroom one day and you're the, the, the deputy principal or the principal yeah. the next. And, and, and that doesn't happen by flicking a switch and relationships can be damaged, relationships change. So there are challenges that are still there. So how do you bring people on board then? I mean, that's some of our research looks at the culture of schools. And I often talk about the concept of being institutionally hurt in my own work, you know, so that you can be really disappointed when you think that you will be the best person for this job and somebody else then is is becomes that person who gets that job. And you have to learn to work with them. And so... As a leader, that's a really important space that we've to inhabit about bringing people on board. So how do you do that? I don't expect you to answer that completely. Otherwise, you'd have a best-selling book and we'd all be buying it. But how do you think you managed it? Oh, I, I don't know. Again, like you said, there's no, there's no uh, simple answer. I suppose it comes, it, comes down, it comes down to personality, who you are. It comes down to your values. We're all born into values and we bring those values and we develop them. And they get stronger, hopefully. And then we have skills, skill sets then that we develop along the way as well. I always worked in the hospitality industry uh, when I was in my senior years in school and, and also through college. And I, and I also come from a, a family with a, a tourism background. And I was talking to tourists at the age of five and six, you know, while, mm. while my mother put fresh scones in the oven 
and told me go out and delay them there for five or ten minutes until the, the scones were ready. So yeah. that developed my vocabulary and my, my, my ability to converse. And when you're conversing, you're making connections. And when you're making connections, you're building relationships. The one thing I, I, I do see is as teachers, we, we are fantastic teachers. We have fantastic teachers in, in the country. And one of the reasons they're fantastic is they connect with their students. And we, we, we shouldn't change that when you move into leadership. You connect, you're still connecting with students, but you have to make the bigger, you have to make a conscious decision to connect with staff, you know? And when you make that conscious decision and you're interested in what makes your colleagues tick and what's happening in their lives, well, then that is the foundations for good relationships. And from that, then other things can can flourish. Yeah, I think you know? that's really important. Yeah, I think I, I completely agree with what you're saying and the importance of relationships within, you know, like the teaching space within the classroom, but also within leadership. And I think the point you were making about the challenges, depending on if you were a principal um, external to the school or if you were an internal candidate that got appointed both of the challenges kind of relate to relationships don't they because if mm. you're external coming in you you know you don't know the people that are there the other people have you know the some of them would have gone for the position that you did get whereas likewise if you're an internal candidate you were someone's you know peer kind of in, in a very similar position yesterday but now today you're you're the leader of the school and again that's a difficult dynamic or it can be a difficult dynamic I suppose I should say to navigate relationship wise and sometimes the sometimes the external candidate is coming in with with no baggage because they they have they're starting with a clean slate with all staff and that's an advantage for coming in mm -hmm. from the outside you know the internal candidate had naturally has a cluster of friends you know you have colleagues that you work with and then you have friendships and that's difficult. Um, and it's the perception again. It isn't actually, a lot of it isn't a difficulty because school leaders don't suddenly start, you know, there isn't an inner circle making decisions. School leaders make decisions for the good of the school and they try to bring everybody along. But perception is, 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 mm. can be damaging. Yeah. Not actually what's happening. It's the perception of what may be happening. I was talking to someone and we were talking about this exact thing and I was saying when, when you're in school and there isn't a huge amount of mobility in the profession, when you don't get a job or you're not successful, you're, you're in the same place and it feels quite small. And we were talking about in our own careers not getting things and I was saying to her, you know, I went for this job once and I wasn't successful and the following Monday I did what I called the walk of shame. Everybody going, oh, sorry, sorry, you know. And by Wednesday I was last week's news, you know, but you certainly don't have a lot of experience of that when you're in just one setting. But once you come out into other settings, you you sort of grow a skin about that, I think, that we don't always have when we're in our school for all of our journey, for our profession, I suppose. So we were having a bit of a laugh about that today. But it's it's part of the journey, I think, for all of us. And I suppose we're, we're emotionally attached as well. I think we're, we're, we're more emotionally attached to our jobs than, than, than other people, I think, you know. I think so and too. I think for, for that reason, because we're emotionally attached to our subjects and our, we're passionate about our subjects and we're passionate about our students uh, and very often we're passionate about the jobs we, we go for because they're, they're attached, we, we have an attachment to the school. Uh, and I think the dis disappointment is stronger for the person from within that, look, I, I've given my life to this school, I've done so many good things and, and I don't get it for one reason or another. And I think that's, that's difficult to assess and take on board. 
I do think there's a change, and I don't know why why there's a change. But I, I I've spoken to a few mid leaders that are going for senior positions, uh, particularly in the last twelve months. And they they seem there seems to be more awareness there, more self awareness and and confidence that they're good enough to do the job, which is great. But also a preparation that if I don't, that it isn't, I'm not good enough. It's I'm not. This isn't this isn't for me at this time. And there's an acceptance, and I think that's very important. It's it's certainly very very important for your own self care and well being that you need to to go for a job. You need to give it your best, but you need to prepare yourself. How am I going to react? Because that's what I'm in control of. I'm in control of my emotions if I get the job, and I'm also in control of my emotions if I don't get the job. And I need to control what I'm in control of. Yeah, and I think where we we forget that when one door closes, another one does open. I really do believe that when I look back at my own life. So, but it doesn't feel like that in the moment. So you do yes. need to take some control of that space. I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah. So can you, you move to the Centre for School Leadership. Would you tell us a little bit about what exactly you do there, what that's, what that's about? Okay, so I, I moved uh, in uh, almost two years ago now to the Centre for School Leadership uh, as a coordinator. And in short, we, I coordinated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Does what it says in the To be truthful, I suppose, you know, um, I'll never forget somebody when I did move and somebody, somebody who I worked with passed a comment, Shadon was always into that type of stuff. And, I, you know, I didn't know what type of stuff I was into, but it was a compliment in one way. You know, that type of stuff was leadership, you know, mm. and it was a compliment in one way. And in another way, then I wondered, was I kind of an outsider that that's your man over there yeah. <laughs> talking about leadership and we were here doing doing the, the grind. Uh, and I suppose, you know, the reality is it's a balance. So what do we do in the, the Centre for School Leadership? Prior to, to, to my arrival, uh, I joined with, they took on two coordinators at the time, primary and post-primary, my colleague from Hurley in primary. Um, but, but prior to that, the Centre had done a, a significant amount of research about being a school leader, learning to be a school leader in Ireland. And I suppose the, the perception, again, was there. The, the school leader was the principal and the deputy principal, you know. And there's they did extensive research and produced um, a, a publication on it and basically highlighted and created a continuum of school leadership in Ireland. Teacher leaders, middle leaders, aspiring senior leaders, newly appointed senior leaders, experienced senior leaders and, and system leaders. And I suppose what we do then is we try to support and promote and seek out research and have discussions around that and, and nudge things forward, you know, move things. We do a lot of work behind the scenes with, with stakeholders and collaborative projects. But in the front end, you know, we, we support the PDSL through um, yourself, Patricia, NUL and uh, NUIG and UCD. Um, 300 participants every year doing a fantastic program. Coaching for, for school principals as well, which has been extended out as well now to school principals and their teams. And I think that's profound. Oh, and I think that's, that's something that's looking at the future as well and sustainability. Uh, and you can't be talking about the team and the middle leadership and distributed leadership and, and then just having coaching for the principal. You know, the principal is important, very important, very important to look after the principals. But this hybrid model, you know, we have 
you can get the principal has some one-to-one -one sessions with the coach with an executive coach and then uh, can plan for another four sessions with the team whether that team is the team of two or three deputies and the principal or the team some APs as well and where that's happening uh, and schools have embraced it it's it's proving very very successful mm -hmm. it's it's helping them have a plan and a strategic plan about how they do how they do business so uh Yes, we we I, I could go on. We're, we're, yeah, we've yeah. done a lot of we've done a lot of collaborative projects with with uh, research projects with the NAPD IPPN. Uh, we completed a, a very interesting one last year uh, with JCT around the whole the whole management resource hours uh, and how that resource was used in school and how that resource reflected or empowered leaders and where it was where it was given to former leaders and informal leaders and the result it had in, in school. Um, it's not published yet, but it's very positive. It's very mm -hmm. positive. It was it, it really empowered teachers in schools. And we're currently undertaking a, a research project with the management bodies on the allocation of the additional deputy principal and what that has meant for schools. You know, some schools got a second deputy, some schools got a, a, a third deputy uh, and how that was uh, planned for, how it was uh, orchestrated what strategic plan was put in place, how they're being utilised and what impact it has made in the school life and for the whole school community. Um, and that's interesting yeah. as well. So they're, they're yeah. the type of things we're doing. Yeah, they're fantastic projects. Can we go back a small bit to the coaching? As you know, I'm a keen proponent of coaching myself, but in terms of uptake, what do you think? Is it is it saturating enough into the school leadership or is there more work that we could do to promote that? I think every every school leader should have coaching. That's just my view. I think it really helps you think strategically about where you're going and how to manage the the context that you're in and how to manage how you feel about those and, and uh, how you can reflect and be more strategic about them. So I'm certainly a keen proponent. But um, do you think the uptake could be better? And if so, what do you think the reluctances might be, if there are any? I suppose things can always things can always be be better, but you to, to contextualize it, you know, and I, and I was in that role myself. I was uh, acting principal in in Killarney Community College, and I I got the flyer about about coaching, and I looked into it, and I said, sure, how is this going to help me, an executive coach coming in who doesn't isn't educationally based, you know, I I, I can't see how this is going to work, but being the inquisitive person that I am. I enrolled in it and it was amazing mm -hmm. and, and you have to experience it to to, to, to understand what, what I mean. Um, but this is a huge cultural shift. This is offering principals a resource that was ne that, that, that they would never exper have experienced all of the way up through their, their own education or their training or their professional career. So you can't blame people for being um, slow on the uptake. Yeah. I remember when I was in Kilargland uh, Community College, I was one of the first uh, deputy principals to be involved in the instructional leadership program with, with Dr. Barry or Professor Barry Bennett. Right. Um, and, you know, he, he said at the outset, he says, you know, you're talking about 15 years minimum to, to change a culture of schools. You know, so this, we're still in the early stages of, yeah. of, of the coaching for principals. So let's Let's celebrate where we are at the moment rather yeah. than saying where we should be. And, and in that context, the uptake has been very, very good. Um, funny enough, in COVID, obviously, COVID hasn't, hasn't helped it in the initial phases of COVID. But actually, in the latter part of COVID, 
because coaching really is and should be a face-to-face engagement, uh, anybody that was possibly considering it probably pushed it out a, a little. But as COVID went on a lot longer than we had anticipated, I suppose it was only so long that people could wait. And they actually started engaging online. And I have been speaking to coaches as recently as this week and principals and deputies, and they're doing it online and they have no intention of going um, face-to-face. It's working, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And is it, it is open working. so to, is it principals, deputy principals and assistant principals that it's available to? Yeah, the team, it's, it's uh, so four, four initial sessions with, with, with the principal, because there's no point the principal, uh, unless the principal has gone through the process and, and understands this and, mm-hmm. and has worked yeah, through it. And you, you, you really need four sessions to get that momentum going. And then it can be rolled out to the principal and the, 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 the leadership team, and depending, on the, you know, depending on the school, the size of the school, a larger school. The obvious one would be the principal and the three deputies. And in the smaller schools, it could be the principal, deputy, and maybe AP1s or, or a selection of AP1 and AP2s. It sounds fantastic. And the potential for building team, just that space to sit together in a facilitated space to put out ideas and to think more strategically, just to come out of your the day-to-day busyness of what we do, which is the biggest challenge for us in leadership, and to be able to just reflect with your people is really super. I mean, it's a huge gift to give back into the profession, I think, to offer that. If, if I could say one thing to any listener, it would be do coaching. It's, it's, um, it's just so supportive, and it builds a sustainability in the job. That's the piece that I feel about it. So, you know, you, you, it helps you stay healthy and well in the role of leader. So I think it's, I can't say strongly enough how, how supportive I am about the use of coaching. That's my rent over now, but I just felt I'm going to say interesting, it. You made an interesting point there about, about the space to, to reflect. Uh, and actually we're, uh, we're involved in um, a pilot project, a mid-leadership project um, based out of the Kildare Education Centre and Clare Education Centre with a selection of primary schools and post-primary schools and and the model is where the middle leaders have an opportunity to to come together with the principal and deputy and that wider leadership team and to reflect on some competency modules that we have put together and they they, they engage with them asynchronously and then come together and meet the other schools in in a cluster environment yeah. have that discussion tease it out what it means to them and then go back and meet themselves and contextualize it. And the number one thing that's coming out of it is the time. Thank you. Thank you for the time for allowing us to come together. And they're, they're all together all day, every day, you know. Mm. I suppose the, the simple thing is that they could make time if they wanted to, but we all need a focus. You know, we all need a focus. And this is the focus. And the, we, we haven't put a high focus on the, the output, the project. This is about the process. The project element of it can be can be small, it can be minute, but each and every one of them are, are saying, you know, thank you. And can we have more time? Can we have more time just to tease this out? Take the learnings from the competency modules, take the peer learning and the peer discussion from teachers and school leaders in the in the other clusters. And let's bring it back home now to us and say, what does this mean for yeah. us? And, and how will we and generate an action out of it then for us? Can I go back a little bit to your comment when you when you looked at the flyer about coaching and you said this is an executive coach from industry coming well like what what can what's that what's that benefit for us and we had that challenge in the in the PDSL in that very first year because we wanted 
teachers to go into industry and to see what was happening in industry, what types of leadership they would see, what types of conversations were happening, what type of moments are there for leaders to work with their teams? How do they think strategically? How do they do feedback? And how do they performance manage, which is the the one that's always the challenge. And initially, I think teachers felt, what am I going to learn from industry? I'd be better to go to another school. So we had a bit of a challenge in trying to open up the thinking about does industry have something to offer us in schools? Because I think we all are a little bit resistant or maybe a lot resistant to that very managerialism and that performativity, neoliberalism kind of space we talk about in relation to industry. But to a person, they came back absolutely delighted that they had done it to a person and wanted more, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. So what's your take on that about what about industry and business and education? Do you have any comments on that piece? Again, going back to changing culture, and I suppose we have we have a certain we're, we're in a certain mindset about education that we can't we can't learn from looking out at other industries because education is unique. And even from you mentioned there, my passion for ICT, I mean, IT systems at work at a corporate level have been known to fail at school level, you know, simple things because you don't have in industry, you don't have a bell going every 40 minutes and 800 students moving around the place. You know, we're so different as a sector. We're so different. We're our, our, our customer and we're, we're consumer based to a certain degree because we're, we're all about our, our, our students and, and the parents, but we never do as a profit making um, company because we're all about the giving. So yeah. I suppose that's that's where the mindset comes from. But again, you know, back to the changing culture and it taking a long time. Uh, there's, there's a lots of there's lots of engagement. And again, if you look at the look at our schools, even mentions it, the look at our schools documents about, about building links with other schools, which is a big piece as well. You know, yeah. I'm down here in Killarney in a competitive environment. And, you know, we, we we're asking ourselves, how will we build links with the opposition but it can be done and it can be done very very you know you don't have to be sharing state secrets but there's a lot of learning and mutual learning and i suppose jct at post-primary level really pushed that forward with their clustering you know and suddenly you're sitting down beside uh the teacher from the other school who you may never have have spoken to and you say oh there's a lot to be learned here and next thing you're into the discussion and peer learning and you bring it back and contextualize Mm -hmm. it then again so um we're, we're, we're moving, we have to open, open our minds. And I think the, 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 the new wave of teachers coming through are more open-minded as well. That's the first thing. There's other, as well as JCT, the clustering model of, of the rollout, but also programs like the business in the community. Uh, business and community. Yeah. We were involved in Kilargan, uh, and we saw the huge benefits of linking in with the multinationals in the town. Through the business and the community, I was able to link in with a deputy principal project that was run out of Cork uh, and run with the, the multinationals there. And I benefited hugely fa- from it. I think we, I had four visits to different companies and just it causes you to reflect on what, where you are yourself and, and draw the, join the dots between education and industry. And when you hear industry saying, we're envious of you guys, the way you do this and that, you know, and you say, well, we're not, we're not all that, that bad, but it's, it's, it's moving slowly. It's moving in the right direction. Uh, like I said, it's mentioned in the Look at Our Schools document as well. The transition year program in school is reaching out all the time to industry and seeing what 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 sharing can happen. Industry itself has has woken up and realised 
that there's a benefit in engaging with schools and it's not just for the corporate social re responsibility yeah. tick box. It's actually very, very beneficial. And they're going back into their, their, their feeder pool as well, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's uh, any, any, um, anything that's mutually beneficial will happen a lot, lot quicker. You know, it's not one person pushing it. Uh, the benefits are, are from the, the private sector and the public sector from education. So I think it's moving. Uh, it's, 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 it's gathered momentum. And I think it's only it's only stronger it will get. Yeah, I'm delighted with the two. I, I must say I was blown away by the amount of industries who just wanted to connect with schools, just to even come in and do talks with students to do transition year, to offer internships. It, they were champing at the bit to work with us in relation to that. And that was heartening because sometimes it has felt like we were on our own a bit in the school, that there's a kind of a wall around us and we're, we're in a bubble, but... Um, that it was a supportive space and that surprised me and pleasantly, I must say. So I'm certainly looking into more of that. I thought that was really good. And on a, a kind of related note, do you think it can be a little bit overwhelming for new school leaders, we'll say? You know, there's so many different ideas of what good leadership is. And then you're looking at, you know, other schools and what's going on there. And then you're looking further into industry and so on. And do you think that can be kind of a challenge for new teachers that it can be a bit overwhelming looking at all of these ideas and spaces it can uh, i'm smiling as as you as you were asking me the question because um <laughs> you know there, there are a few standout moments at interviews that that you'd be taken aback with and you'd wonder how, how would i answer that again and that was one of them you know what's your leadership style and i yeah. i've ever ever since i've been asking myself and I still haven't answered it for myself, so I, you know, I'm going to struggle to answer it at, at interview. Yeah. But what you're describing there, yes, there, 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 there are, there's so much out there in the ether about leadership, but you have to be who you are. You have to be true to yourself and your own values. And I mentioned earlier about being in control of, of your own emotions. And I'm a firm believer of controlling the environment that you're in control of. And if we keep looking outward, we don't have any time to look inward. And, and I have become, I suppose that's one of my um, life-changing moments was certainly through Kerry ETB and being exposed to some self-reflection and given the time and the space through the SHEP program in, in Cork and allowing us to have that space. And I stopped pointing the finger out and I started looking at myself and then when you start becoming self-reflective, there's a risk you can become too self-critical. So you need to manage that as well, but you're in control of it. But I would encourage people to start looking within and start looking at the, the fantastic traits that are in you yourself, in your own values, first of all, and then maybe say, right, what skill, not skills can I develop? Take one skill at a time and say, right, I'd like to develop that skill, make a plan, how will I develop it? And you will generate your own leadership style then with bits of various leadership styles and leadership styles change you know from day to day nine o'clock on monday might be different to nine o'clock on tuesday and, and as the week goes on and scenarios pop up but that would be if i read the question correctly that would be my uh, advice don't look outward absorb the uh, you know be open to what's out there but start self-reflecting and look inward we were talking a little bit about this ourselves as well and i know we mentioned it last week but like we teach who we are I, I mean I, I'm a real um, fan of Parker Palmer's work that whole sense of what you bring is your best resource for teaching and it's exactly the same for leadership we lead who we are 
and you're not going to keep everybody happy and good bit of the time there's going to be a fair few that are not going to be happy big time but when your values are clear when you know why you're making the decisions you're making and you can communicate that in a transparent way the rest takes care of itself so you so it's what you're saying Donal about being able to look within to know what you're leading from and then to lead with that uh, that's what keeps you sustainably healthy in your job I've said that already but it also keeps you in the job I think and people value it in you I think with with, with an openness to learning then as well you know that you're you want to continually progress and improve 100 percent, absolutely i think it's a wonderful point to make like as you know as someone who researches educational leadership i of course see the value in the reading and the research and the exploring investigating all of that but i do think it's it's a nice point to make that at the end of the day you can't really be anything other than who you are you know, and if, you, if you're trying to do things that aren't in your nature or don't align with your values, it's never going to work as well for you as if you can take that time to look inwards and see who it is exactly that you want to be as a leader and what you want for for your school or organization. Um, I think it's I think it's a very, a very important point to make. There's something also in getting comfortable with the uncomfortableness, being OK in the messy, you know, being OK that you're going to have to say no to people who don't want you to say no to them sometimes in leadership and it sits uncomfortably. But I've come to the idea myself that as long as it sits uncomfortably, I'm okay. It's when I'm so comfortable that I don't see that I'm having to say no and it's going to have an impact with somebody. That's when I have a problem. So it's making friends with that piece and still saying I'm working from my values base and I'll do my best in that space. I think that's one of the things I'm learning a bit about leadership, about getting comfortable in the uncomfortable or in the messy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, looking back in in uh, my time in school and when I return again, there's two things that stand out for me. It's it's number one to be consistent. You know, you know, nobody likes a moving feast or moving goalpost, and be consistent and consultation. You know, mm-hmm. hear the voices, and make an informed decision. But if people feel heard. And they know that you're making the, uh, a decision. You know, there, there's such a burden on school leaders that uh, that it isn't just one thing. And there's the statutory things that need to be considered as well. But if people feel heard and people feel that they have a voice and that the decision was made knowing all of this, well, then people will, will be more acceptable of it as well. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And that's all you can do. It's all you can do, I think. Yeah, yeah. Which okay. is why I think as well, just not to, not to go back to it in too much detail, but even talking about the coaching for the leadership team, I think is such a good idea because while of course it's beneficial for the school leader, it'll create more of that culture, more of that buy-in. It'll make sure that everyone's on the same page, which I think is hugely important with trying to implement any change or strategy. It's really important to be able to be in the space where you can receive feedback that's not telling you you're perfect or may tell you you messed up, you know, um, but that you can hear it and that they're able to say it in a way that you can hear it so you can take the message. That's built in trust. And that's why I think this leadership coaching piece where people are together might actually build that space for people to be able to do that. Um, Definitely. Better, I think, yeah. It's really in, in, in the power, then, the power that it will have on, you know, if you have the leadership team that have gone through this and it has worked for them, and they're 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 living it and they're modeling it, you know. Imagine what how that will filter through uh, the staff and and become cultural in the school. 
And then you're talking about a, a huge shift then, because then it's a, it's a big culture piece. And then you have to imagine, you know, we came out of a school system that wasn't like that. You can imagine the young people that are come out from a system where they've experienced this from their school leaders and from their teachers. And those people will go into teaching profession, you know, and that that gives me great hope. You know, look what's look yeah. look at the legacy that's going to be left after us. You know. Yeah. God, you're, I'm getting inspired now, Donald. You're cheering yeah. me up. That's <laughs> absolutely fantastic. I always feel that when I meet you. Every time I come away from a meeting with you, I'm always feeling uplifted. I don't know whether I've ever said that to you, but I I hope our listeners will feel that from you today. But I always do. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Well, the feeling is the feeling is mutual. You know, I don't know. It, it's um, a very unusual for a Kerry woman and a Cork man to actually. <laughs> what can know, I say? Usually, but you know, it is. It's 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 always a pleasure to 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 meet with you and engage with you and. Um, it's important for everybody, and particularly during COVID. But you have to surround yourself with people who who enthuse you, and who peep and people who um, energize you, uh, and that's something that I have certainly learned myself in a personal capacity through COVID. But you energize me, Patricia, uh, and and that, and I think that's that's important for for people on a personal level. But, but as this is about school leadership, that's what you must do as a school leader as well. Um, you should make sure that you surround yourself, not, not with positive people and backslapping and saying how great you are. It's people who will be going back to my, um, my master's, that critical friend. That's what we need, you know, yeah. a critical friend uh, who will energize you as well and, and question you and, and have good professional dialogue with you. Yeah, I think that's just a, that's just the setting for growth. So, and mm. I certainly feel the same in our meetings. I always come away thinking, yeah, could do that, could pick that up. And it's usually something you've said. So I'm always very grateful for that. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. And I'll be chatting thank to you Thank you for soon. having me. Thanks, William Donald.